Oh, I'm excited. Always I'm excited. But Jill Rosen is here. Uh, she is a phenomenal woman. 30 plus years she's had this organization. We're talking about Parkinson's Resource Organization. Uh, she's a woman of spirituality. Uh, lots to cover. As always here at Do Your Part. Get ready. Everything is fueled from me wanting to be a better person on earth. It's time to do your part. I don't want you to dream. I want you to do it. Tap into the conversation. Check one, two. As we cover the latest issues affecting our communities and the world. It is absolutely vital that the truth comes out. Resolve your unconscious bias and grow from first-hand experiences. Your mind truly free or is it caged? This is Do Your Part with Brian Gallo. Ah, welcome back, everybody. Joe Rosen, she's the president and founder of Pro, Parkinson's Resource Organization. We're here in the Coachella Valley. She's got a beautiful perspective. Uh, she's really dedicated her life to giving back, and we're going to uh, do what we do and chat. How you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm so happy to see you. And you're going to look so exquisite with gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, I mean, truly, you will. You know, I've, a lot of people tell me, I even received emails uh, when working at the station, you know, your gray hair makes you look old. or you'll be no, no, no. I love it. Yeah. I love every piece of me. I love all my gray hair. I embrace it. I will say I had to color my beard working on, on air with news, but I get to be me here. Yeah. And I really yeah. like it. So thank you. You're sweet. Very <laughs> nice of you. So we talked, I didn't give you much time uh, as far as giving you notice that you were going to come today, but why did you say yes to come talk with me uh, about doing your part? Why did you say yes to this? Because you needed me. <laughs> we all need you. <laughs> I like that answer. No, it's, I mean, you, you needed somebody and I knew I could mm -hmm. and, and when I can, I do. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all about, um, it's about community. It's about networking. It's about living. It's about um, peacefulness. It's about humanity. Yeah. And I think you're on the same kind of wavelength, if you will, Frequency. that I've been on for a very long time. Except I've probably been on my my journey as long as you are old. Uh, <laughs> Thirty years, right? I love you. Oh, you're a caper. <laughs> yes. No. Forty-two. Okay. So. At what point in your life did you start this journey? What changed in your life? Or was this just inherent for you? Or oh, the journey I'm on right now? Well, as far as really just giving back and dedicating your life to just to other people, what you do is selfless. You know what I mean? So, and then we'll uh, talk about pro a bit more in detail. But what, 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 when did this start for you? Well, the the charity part of it, the found, founding of the charity, et cetera, that really started in about 1989 mm -hmm. um, and 90 my, when my husband was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Mm. And I was between jobs. And mind you, I've always made my own job. Uh -huh. So, but I had sold my business and we moved to the desert and it was going to be retirement time. Mm. But I didn't didn't know how to retire so I said you know I can't do this I I'm bored I need something to do and so I said to Alan I either have to start a new business or I have to start a charity and mm -hmm. he said why don't you start a charity so you don't have to work so hard and <sighs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm laughing had, with you. And he had no yeah, idea. I'm laughing with you. But yeah, so um, I'm not, that's not where my selflessness, if you will, started. Because even back before that, when I started my own business um, in West Los Angeles, mm -hmm. it was about helping the underdog. 
Okay. Um, and I don't know where that came from, except probably as a survivor in a family of 10. Whoa. So you, you learn really how to, um, you learn who to help and who you know, is willing to help you and that kind of thing, I think. Um, and growing up on a farm where y- you learn how if survival is it. Let's, let's, let's do that. Let's take that turn. Tell us a bit about your upbringing, where you were raised. Paint us a picture. Family of 10. You got a lot packed in there. <laughs> Um, thank you for, for yeah, there's a, um, for, for not saying where did you grow up, because my answer to that is I never did. So <laughs> She's a kid <laughs> so, at heart. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, I was born in Minnesota, and I um, was the number, I was number seven of ten. Wow. And yes, and so that's kind of a very interesting place to be in a family that is a really big Catholic family, mm-hmm. and, and the traditions and the ideals and ideologies that come from that so in number seven you kind of i think become a rebel mm-hmm. um everybody before me you know really took some structure and did certain things um for instance everybody in my family plays a musical instrument mm. except me got it and i decided i would do mine with voice mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me so i used to sing and then and then i don't anymore <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do, just maybe not in public. That's, <laughs> yes, yes, I mean, that takes practice, and I'm not practicing. So, um, you know, I think, we, I know that we learn such tremendously good basics on survival in in that area, era, uh, or area of my life and in my time. I'm forever grateful for whatever my parents taught me, even though they did the very best they can, mm. could, mm. Um, and even though they could never, I don't think they could have lived in today's society. Why? Because just, again, their upbringing and the things that they learned. So each one of us, as we grow, as you grow, you go out and you teach something different. Mm. So they, and we all kind of teach, at least in the old days, it was more about what they, they taught what they knew. Mm. And they stopped growing at a certain point. So if you got through high school or through two years of college or wherever you were, and then you taught that. Yeah, that'll pick up. So You're yeah. right. So um, so I just, you know, it just would be amazing for me to think of what they would think of in today's world with a pandemic. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they they were through tough times, but they didn't even get the, the, 18, the, the 1919 stuff because they were born... Well, let me see. Dad was born in 2010 mm-hmm. and mom in 20, I mean, 1910, 1911. So if they got, I mean, whatever they got, it was, they were very young. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had pandemics and we had a lot of things going on then. Mm-hmm. I remember stories about them talking about, um, you know, in those days, um, we had WPAs and those were, um, those were people who were um, kind of, homeless etc because of the war oh wow and so how my parents would take them in they would take a family in and feed them and clothe them and get them to schools and and teach them how to do farming and that kind of thing so you saw this at a young age i i i'm part yeah, of the I mean, fiber we, of it who was, you are it, it, we all helped everybody i mean so we helped ourselves in our nuclei of the 10 you know mm-hmm. i mean we we all had to help each other to grow up or not um or to survive 
and yeah. and to do and um, but my parents were very giving in the sense that when I think about it today as to what their part was what did they do they helped the WPAs they brought people so my background nationality is Polish mm. and Bohemian and so my parents brought some people from Poland that came over um, immigrants, wow. uh -huh. immigrants that came over, couldn't speak the language, couldn't speak the English language, yeah. but they could speak Polish and they could speak Bohemian, so they could talk to these people. Did they and get? The, did they help them once they were here, or did they help them get here from uh, Europe? I'm pretty sure they helped them once they got here. Got okay. I think that's how the program was, that the program mm. had all of these immigrants, and then um, each family was able to kind of foster them foster a family or foster, a, you know, whoever. Were and other neighbors doing this? Were other people in your community helping WPAs? Pre pretty sure, but I was I was about too young to know too much about this. Mm -hmm. I just remember the stories. Yeah. Um, can't I, I wouldn't be able to tell you who we had or how mm -hmm. many or that kind of thing. I just know we did that. So, I've never heard of this. Yes, that's the kind of thing that my, my parents did. So we, I think, were all taught at a very early age how to... Um, support others to um, participate where we could to give back to the world because mm -hmm. we got yeah. I mean we had um, and and I'm, I'm just extremely grateful mm -hmm. uh, yes yeah, so that was you really are because I think that that's really the probably the most important thing I'm hearing from your story is that from a very young age uh, it was just something that was part of what you knew helping other people Yes. humanity yes it takes a village however whatever adage you want to use yes. it's very different from today's world that's probably in part why you say your parents wouldn't want to be here. Well, yes, how selfish people living now. Yeah, um, I, I kind of, I kind of stay away from that myself. Mm -hmm. Meaning, I don't even go out into a world where much of that happens if mm -hmm. I, if I can avoid it because um, the negativity that's going on today. Um, first, I have to worry about my own mental health, and I, yeah. I'm really very cognizant of what's kind of going on in the world, but I be I, I'm as careful as can be not to take in information that doesn't belong to me or that I can't do anything about uh -huh. um, or that may or may not be true or that you know I, I'm just um, yes my my own mental health is really important to me and so with the negativity that happens in the world today mm -hmm. um, I really try to stay away from it you know I have a tendency to jump all over the place listeners know that but I'm pretty good about circling back to things you preserving and protecting your mental health. How do you do that? What are some things and practices that you may use that are doing just that? Take, one of them is not listening or to negative stuff, right? Well, and the other thing I think, and it's really important to anybody, uh, it's why I wake up in the morning. I think I'm always on purpose. You know, I have a real reason to get up in the morning. I have a purpose in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that most people may or may not have that purpose and therefore they get involved in negativity and other things. But when you have a purpose, when you really have a function to do something, I have thousands of people that depend on me today. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think 30 years ago when I started this, I knew that there were thousands of people that needed help. Mm -hmm. And so um, how could I do that? And, and what, what was their need and what niche could I do? Mm -hmm. and, and so I, I gravitated to that. But I have purpose every day in my life, so I do that for my mental health. Um, I also do things that keep me physically healthy. So I get up and exercise. D I don't like it, but I, I do it. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I eat as healthy as I possibly can. 
Um, if anybody that's at my age, if they've been unscathed by, by health issues, then good for them. But mm. I happen to have had a few of my own. So okay. I now just really pay attention to me and protect myself because I'm important. Yeah. And if something happens to me, lots of people would, would be at a loss. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't say that egotistically. I say that because I think that what I created around is needed in this world today. Mm -hmm. I, I know it has value and I know it has purpose for others. And so it, it just becomes, yeah, it's how I protect myself. I love it. I love it. One thing I've learned uh, in my 40s, it's so important, self-preservation, uh, getting to know yourself, doing the work on yourself, right? And there's purpose just in that. I don't have kids. I think the I kids give. You don't? No. Oh, wow. Um and that's weird. I shouldn't make the assumption that because you're a woman, you have kids. My, that's another conversation. Well, yes, it is. I, I know. Mean, Shame on me. <laughs> no, Shame no, on no. Me. Because we're going to get into those assumptions, I think, today. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I'd like to. Um, but... Uh, finding purpose and whatever that might look like. So for me, the, the, the groundwork began with me doing the work up with me, therapy, meditating, reading, what's going to empower me. And that started to give me purpose. And now, you know, the, the building blocks have began. The road is now open and this is giving me purpose. You and know? can you imagine 30 years from now where you'll be with your, with wish your me luck, purpose? baby. I'll tell you, it changes. I'm excited. It is. It's. It's. You know, if you if you pay attention to the phases that we go through. Mm -hmm. Now at 40, you you kind of go have to go back and you say, oh, at 25, and mm -hmm. that was a phase. Yeah. And what was the world like when you were 25? Wow, much easier. It was easy. Wow, I don't well, want to say much easier because now I just sound like I'm talking, you know, eons ago. It was easier for you then because maybe you weren't even aware of the things that were going on. And so as is bliss. Good so point. as we go as we age, at least there should be some sagefulness that happens along with it so if we're on purpose and we're into self uh, self-respect and self-protective protecting ourselves yeah yeah we're also learning things we're learning how people respond how pr people react yeah um to different things mm -hmm. and and um yeah and so I like that because it, you're right. I've changed so much since I was 25. Um, my attitude, my perspective, and even like uh, as embarrassing as this is to admit, I'm more aware of um, prejudice and racism now as I get older. I think as, as when I was younger, I had a different perspective. So I was like, oh, you know, it, it's there, but eh, but now it's, you know, granted we live in different times, but as I get older, I become more aware. Ignorance, you don't get, you don't get to indulge in ignorance as you get older because you just learn more. Um, sagefulness, is that a word you just used? It's, yeah, I don't know. Is it one of mine? I've never heard that. <laughs> I just think, is that, can you do you know, if you're, a, if you're a sage, uh -huh. you know, then you're a knowledgeable person and you it. share that knowledge. And so it's, it, you're, you're filled with sagefulness. It's all about learning. That's the yeah, word I'm yeah, taking yeah. away from today, as well as a lot. I've got a lot to take away already just from the conversation we've had um, thus far. I would like to circle back to Minnesota. So uh, pick up where you left off. Uh, you were talking about WPAs, you kind of learning that volunteerism is really important as a kid. So tell us a bit more about uh, your upbringing and what came next. Well, so sharing obviously was very important and sharing started, you know, first in the family. So sharing that we weren't always excited to be doing, for instance, hand-me-down clothes wasn't really the most exciting thing in the world when you know your sisters and your sister before that and your sister before that wore it and you think, or your aunt gave it to you because 
because with 10 kids, you were considered a poor family, kind mm -hmm. of, you know, I mean, we didn't have a lot of money. So, right. um, so but we learned how to share, um, liking it or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, our value system was, was really, in retrospect, in looking at it today, um, compared to looking at it when I was 17, when mm -hmm. I knew everything there was to know about the world. Mm -hmm. Didn't you know everything at 17? Duh. <laughs> Are you kidding? I really, no, listen, I really believed it. I, any of my friends know that. They're like, yeah, I really had firmly believed it. Yeah. I felt that I was way wise beyond my years, several past lives, and I could solve anything. I still kind of think that, but but I've learned that a wise man knows knows he doesn't know a thing. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you this. This is a very direct question, and, and, and I want to introduce race and, and, and prejudice to, to this conversation to some degree to understand a bit more about how you saw it, if at all you did. Were there people of color in, in, in where you were raised? Oh. No. Wow. Not no. a one. Not one black family. So I think I was nine years old the, the first time I saw a black person. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And it was, so every year at, at school time, we were, before going back to school, we would go to the neighboring town, uh -huh. much bigger than where we lived, and we got our school clothes. And um, so I, and it was a very interesting thing. And so this was my first introduction to race, mm -hmm. perhaps racism. Mm -hmm. um, and it was amazing to me because, um, I, and I tell this story, I, I've told it so many times, so at about the same time as I guess I was nine years old, um, I also had a brother who was in the Korean War. Mm. So I don't know if I was nine or if I was 12. I think it was nine. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, um, so we had a couple of things that came back to us about um, negativity that would have, uh, for other species, Mm -hmm. If you, uh, that species is the wrong word uh, for other well, uh, other race ethnicities Ethnicity. or other or yeah. races, and so um, we're talking things, about Vietnamese or Korean yeah, specifically. Right? Yeah, 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 and um, so uh, so that was uh, that at that particular point in time. Of course, the news was all about these bad people, the yeah. Koreans, and yeah. so you automatically picked up on what you should not like because right. they were Koreans and they were and, against us as a country. Yeah, I get yeah. it. So you know, so we that just went was, through it with nine eleven yeah. and. Go ahead. So, th so that was bad. But then seeing the first black couple, so I, we were in St. Cloud, which is where we went to get our school clothes, and um, mother said to, I think there were probably five of us at the time that were in, in going on the shopping trip, and mother said, so stand against the wall, and this was, there were stores there, um, and s stand against the window and look to the street. What the heck is this about? And so she said, do what I say, you know, because that was mom. So we stood, you know, with our backs to the window and looking out the street. And, and she just said, just be still. So we were. And then, you know, a little while later, she said, okay, let's go. And so we said, what was that all about? And she says, well, that, that black family that just walked by. You have to be very careful of black people. Now, I don't know where that came from. I don't know why she said it. I don't know what her experience was right. with it. Uh -huh. I haven't got a clue, even yeah. to this day. But that was the first time that I ever got, was introduced to a family or a situation yeah. different than our so-called white people. Yeah. And with that but introduction. But that wasn't the first time that, that prejudice or that um, bullying or any of that came across. Mm -hmm. That just happened to be one area of our life that we remembered we were in a town where um 
where the divisiveness was based around religion. Uh And I told you I don't want to talk about religion, so I won't talk about it particularly, but I will say to you that we had two different um, types of of nationalities in our town mm-hmm. and because of that we had two different catholic churches in mind we we were a town of 750 people oh my goodness but we had these two churches because one was the polish church and one was the german church and those two didn't really get along i still to this day don't exactly know what i, I mean i'm not a history buff so i can't tell you why that was so but um, so today, uh, one of the good things that came out of just economies, et cetera, is now they have one church yeah. and, and they all go to it. So that's really good. Silver lining. We're but, always looking for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it but, speaks to, so much to the human condition, well, just how we are as humans. You know, we, it's how hard it is for us all to just get along. Yes, yes. We have to find some difference in between us and start splitting somehow. But I remember how hurtful it was to have... Um, people from the so-called other side say nasty, naughty things about our family. And I remember getting on a school bus and they would say, oh, there comes the, you know, and and it was just, it was just naughty and it was nasty. But and Joe, listen, this is, you are giving me an example of where you, you've experienced prejudice. Well, absolutely. So, and it was bullying, prejudice yeah. and bullying. Right. Yes. And it had nothing to do with color. It had to do with um, it had to do with idealisms or I, I you know, I, yeah, ideologies. Yeah. And so prejudice happens in a lot of places to a lot of people for a lot of reasons. And yes, you're right. Why can't we get along? Mm. Hard to know. Well, apparently, it's not within our DNA as far as Homo sapiens. I mean, I don't know. I, I was not around at the beginning of time, but I think that we've always had had issues with other groups. Even ones that look alike. Well, and, you know? and I think, it, you know, there are always power struggles. Yeah. So it's like bigger, better, best, or mm. more money, or less money, or, mm. you know, poor, or rich, or black or white, mm. or, you know, all of that. I mean, it's so we, we've we've created these tiers in our life, if you will, yeah. of what what is good, what is the same as, and mm-hmm. what is better than. Mm-hmm. And Instead of just looking at all the things that we have that are in common, the commonality. Yeah. We're too focused on the things that are different about ourselves instead of the, the positive. Always focus on the negative. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yes. Yeah, so I know what I, I know what it felt like. Yeah. I know what it feels like. Yeah, and that's and a real example of you being uh, experiencing uh, prejudice. Now you call it bullying. It's interesting because it is. But I mean, do you say bullying because it was by one person or one group all the time? Well, it was by uh, quite, yes. I mean, pretty much it was one side against the other, and, mm-hmm. and they would say these nasty things. That's bullying. Yeah. But, you know, that's. If it's the uh, same group at the same time doing the same thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah. So, um, but I thought it was bullying. Mm-hmm. But isn't that, I mean, prejudice and, and kind of what's going on in the world today is really bullying. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. And even when you're watching things on the news and you're seeing the, a lot of people with anger, it's like they all just seem like bullies. Like, yo, like, just have a seat. Like, why are you so angry? And yeah, leave the, yeah, you know, yeah. Even and, on all sides. And why does it matter if, I mean, do you have to be the most important one? Do you have to be the one that's right? Now you're preaching. That's a different conversation. And that speaks to your spirituality. Well, okay. So, but I, I just think that if most people realize that they don't have to be right, yeah. that, you know, uh, we, we all have our righteousness. We yeah. all have our ideals. We all have what we know is is best for us or mm. best for our community or mm. best for whatever it is that we're doing. 
um, yeah, I, um, I say spirituality because we don't always have to be right. There's, there's something about being able to listen, keep your mouth shut, listen, and be humbled by that. Right. Yes. And with that comes, comes work. You have to be able to be patient to be yes. able to do that. Yes. I know I'm able to do that because of like, uh, the work I've been doing and maybe spirituality was a, a sweeping statement, but I think it contributes. You no, know, I think spirituality is really, you know, so I had to work through a whole lot of things um, as I went through my stages of my life. Mm -hmm. And so I had to come to some decisions um, with with my own religion that I was that I was raised with, mm -hmm. um, with where I went after that. Mm -hmm. um, I told you I was a rebel. So um, at 17, I knew everything there was to know about everything. I was so much smarter than my parents, it wasn't funny. Ah. And so um, I decided then that I wanted to come to California, and they said, absolutely not. You're not leaving here. You're only 17 years old. And I said, oh, try me, you know, because I was, I was the smart-ass kid. And, um, and so I, I, they said, well, we're not going to help you. I mean, you know, if you stay here, we'll, put you, we'll help you with your college education. We'll send you to the University of Minnesota. I said, no, 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 you know, you don't have enough money to send me all the way through. <laughs> so that's, you know, it's like, it's a promise you can't keep. So mm -hmm. don't worry about it. I'll make enough money. I'll get there. So like, you know, again, knowing everything that I knew because I was so smart. Mm -hmm. I made $250 working as a soda fountain jerk in Minneapolis. Wow. That was with a dollar and a quarter an hour in tips. 250 bucks a month? No, well, I only worked for one month. Gotcha. So I made that for the first month. And even having purchased my cigarettes, because, you know, 17 years old, you have to smoke. <laughs> and so even purchasing <clears throat> my cigarettes, I was able to save 250 bucks. And that's what I used to come to California. Wow. In one month. In one month. Talk about committed. So I had a brother that lived in California at the time, and he said, uh, you know, this is a long time ago. So um, he's, what, he sent me ad, um, ads, um, classified ads for jobs so that I would know kind of what, what I should be looking for or mm -hmm. looking to. I knew nothing about what education meant or didn't mean as far as finding a job. I just knew that if you worked, you know, you could have a job. Right. You make money. So what I learned from the, from the classified ads was that medical technologists back then made $580 a month. Well, that was huge. Yeah. So I thought, well, that's what I'll be then. Medical technologist. <laughs> yes. The hell is that? I have no idea. <laughs> I never got there, but but I came to California knowing or believing. Well, so medical technology was something where you're in the laboratory. I loved laboratory work. I was a, I, in biology and physics. I took those in high school, and and I I liked those classes. So I thought, well, that'll put me in a laboratory, and, and so I'll be in the medical world. Mm -hmm. Well, I will tell you, 50-some-odd years later, I'm the closest thing I'll ever be to medical technology today. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I came to California. I had like $200 left when, once I got off the plane, and that's how I started my, my new life. At 17, At 18, 17. geez, and never looked back. I mean, obviously never, you went home to visit, but. But never looked back. Um, when I was so poor that I had, you know, and talk about, I mean, so I know what it's like to be really poor. Mm -hmm. um, there was a time when I had to, I would buy a, a dozen hot dogs and a dozen buns, and I would have to purse them out to myself I could have one hot dog a day because that's all I could, that's all the money I had, and I knew I needed some protein and I needed some filler, and so then I'd go to work and for whatever it was that I was earning in those days, and people would go for coffee break, and and so I would go with them and they'd say, well, Joe, don't you want some coffee? And I'd say, no, I really just like water. 
<laughs> you really wanted some coffee. Oh my God, I would have given my eye teeth for for yeah. coffee. Yeah. But um, so, but I didn't have what it took. Uh-huh. And so, when we talk about accountability for ourselves, understanding where you are in the world, mm-hmm. understanding what you have and you don't have, understanding then what others may have or not have, mm-hmm. and understanding what they may be going through or not. Um, you know, all of this is just learning. Isn't it amazing that, um, so I've had a lot of learning in my life. I mean, a lot more years than you have. And I just, when I look back and I say, wow, how incredible it is that I learned all of that. Yeah. All of that. But you really, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you have a connection with empathy. You really, it's part of who you are. It's part of your character. Right. Some people have to practice empathy. It's hard for people to be able to reach into that part of themselves. But for you, that's just who you are. Um, This is really, really fascinating. And so at some point, I want to continue to delve into spirituality. We don't have to jump, jump into that right now. But if you'd like to tell us a bit about your spiritual journey. Well, before I go there, I want to name two things. So, because we're talking about prejudice, we're talking mm-hmm. about um, what is the other word we're talking about today? Uh, racial uh, Ra- bias. Okay, bias. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so when I was twenty-one years old, I think I married a, a Hispanic. Whoa! And so, um, and then when was I was he dark or was he light? Medium. He, he was medium, I guess. Mm-hmm. He was like <laughs> he was like my Starbucks. Go on. <laughs> You know, I never paid attention. Yeah, so. this, but this is incredibly progressive. <laughs> Welcome and to then, California. And then when I was 40 or 39, I married a Jewish person. Wow. And so, you know, it's just kind of amazing because um, both of those. So just to tell you how the world perceives those kinds of things. So when my, when I was married to Hispanic and my name was obviously Hispanic and they would people would say, you know, you don't look Mexican. Like, oh, my God, because the names, and then um, having my current name is like, you know, so you're Jewish, you know, and Mm -hmm. again, perception. And I think what's kind of wrong with what goes on today or any day is how people perceive others and and what's in a name. I can tell you what's in a name. Um, It's a lot of things. It's to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it's different to each person, too. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I will say to people, you know, before I was Jewish, I was Mexican. And before I was Mexican, I was Polish. And, you know, so, well, you're really messing you know, with their head right yeah. there. But um, just, so I, I just wanted to bring that up because I think that part, a whole lot of what we're dealing with today is perception. Yeah. And then how we respond to perception. So how do we change people's perception? We become spiritual. Isn't that where you wanted to go? <laughs> well, I mean. Well, I, I really think that we do because. It's perfect you setup. Know, um, I will say to you that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I have a, a universal um, place that I go when I talk and when I pray or wh- how, whatever words you want to use for that. Mm-hmm. And I speak to a, to a deity that I will call God. Mm-hmm. And I believe that God created all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Whose ever belief is that way, that's terrific. Um, and if it's not, that's okay too. But I always wonder, you know, what are the lessons that we get from the creations that God has made? Mm-hmm. Such as? Well, um, Down syndrome. You know, what? What? Why would God make somebody a Down syndrome baby? Mm-hmm. Why would somebody make? Why would God make somebody black or brown mm-hmm. or um, with uh, eyes that are different? They're mm-hmm. not round. 
Why would he do that? Or blind. Or why or, would she do that, yeah. whoever God is? Love so, okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then you look at that and you say, well, and maybe what's happening today is one of those lessons that we're supposed to learn. Maybe this pandemic is part of what we're supposed to learn in how to accept what God made and work with it. Um, and find the beauty in it. Yeah. Find the peacefulness. Find the purpose. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody yeah. has a reason. Yeah. And, and something to and, offer and yeah, something beautiful. Yeah. And if we run over it, we'll never get it again. And if we don't look for it, you're never going to see it. And so maybe today is about stopping, mm -hmm. looking inside, looking around, and paying particular attention to what we have in the world and protecting it because we're it. We are truly it. We were put here to do that or to die. So as long as we're alive, let's just work on making it the best place we can. And we're done. Just kidding. That is the stuff that we're looking for right there, Joe. That's that powerful stuff that I want to continue to talk about. So as we realize that that's part of the solution, the tears are there, but I, I, I'll I get know. through this. No, I know. And I want the tears because listen, this is so now that we know that that's what needs to happen, we're aware that a big part of the solution is just loving on each other, right? How do we encourage people, spirituality, how do we encourage people to continue to understand this idea? Well, you know, I, I, I don't know how to do it for others or to others. I can tell you what I do for me. It's, it's always, how can I help? That takes me every day, it takes me through every day. How can I help? It's what the charity is all about. How can I help these thousands of people, some of whom have no voices, some of them who can't get their words out, mm -hmm. some of them who are, you know, they're imprisoned in their body and they can't move and they can't say what they want or need. How do I help? Um, how do I help those who are taking care of them and they don't have a clue mm -hmm. and and they're stressed out and they're angry because they didn't ask for this they didn't this isn't what they signed up for um, and and how do I help them and you know what we do because what I'm hearing is from a lot of the work that you do it's not pretty well it's not I mean this is a disease that is it's it's a hideous disease it's it's um, it's an awful movement disorder disease where people are actually imprisoned in their body mm -hmm. and it's not an old person's disease and so as I'm growing older and as the world is changing so the other day I got a an article in on um, a little a kid two and a half years old that's diagnosed with Parkinson's and I'm thinking oh my god I hope it makes seven you know I mean um, to be imprisoned in a body where you you may not be able to speak or or talk or I mean speak or or feed yourself or bathe yourself yeah. or toilet yourself or any of these things that require movement and and what do you do with that and how do you get through that so then I can take this whole issue and I can get on my pedestal again and I can say that another thing that I think that we have going in the world today, um, and so how can we help? I don't know, because I think it, it, it's just, um, it's, it's, um, it's who we are in the world. So we have greed and we have 
um, these things. So is, is, is there a cure for some of these diseases? You know, is there a cure for cancer? Is there a cure for Parkinson's? You know, or if there was, you know, where is it? And, and who's getting behind that? Mm -hmm. Are they get, not getting behind these because there's no money in it? Or are they not getting this behind this because they can't get their share? Mm -hmm. um, are they not, you know, so I've lived this in the 30 years that I've had this charity. I have watched some of the most egregious lifestyles of business people that I can ever even imagine, and I would have had no idea or knowledge that that's what an, an industry that is built around sick people could do. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not just racism, and it's not just prejudice within, uh, and there's a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But then there is also the lack of humanity there's also, I, mean, I, I just must say, there is a tremendous amount of humanity out there. There is a tremendous amount of people who are humanitarians yeah. and who, are, Happy who want to help and, yeah. and are positive people. Right. But there's also a big group of them that are not. Mm -hmm. And so um, I struggle with this every day. I pray every morning and every night that there be a cure for Parkinson's. Um, I even pray that I be the vehicle to bring it about because mm -hmm. through me, I could be channeled something that, you know, or channeled may not be the word, it, but it's the word I'll use yeah. for right now. But maybe I could be the instrument mm -hmm. that would bring about goodness, this kind of goodness where we could help millions of people. And that's really what I work for that every day that, that, that somehow um, that comes to fruition. Um, I could go to sleep very nicely um, knowing that 10 million people are helped by having a cure for Parkinson's disease. I could go, I, I could retire very nicely without, I mean, I, it's not a money thing. It's, it's not doing what I'm doing for no money 14 hours a day. Um, I love what I do, but it's, it's really hard work, but, it, and it's being accountable to me. Mm -hmm. You talk a lot about kind of accountability. Let me ask you a question. Do you stop and smell the roses with the work that you have done? You talk about the things that you wish you could do, but have you stopped? I mean, do you applaud yourself and give yourself a pat on the back for everything that you have done in the past 30 years for Parkinson's? No. That's a problem. No. Well, it is a problem. I wait for people like you or somebody else to pat me on the back, and Ugh. then I say, oh, you know, it's okay. But I know that I have done tremendous things. Yeah. Sometimes I, 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 it's almost a fear of looking at what I've accomplished, and I know that it's big stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 I think that if I looked at how much I've, I, I would have no idea how I ever got there. That's I really cool. have no idea how I could have done what I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not me, it's time. not me alone. Don't yeah. get me wrong. No, I have staff people. I've yeah. had people in my life all my life. Right. I'm without people that helping. village. Without yeah. the without the everybody's without the Brian Gallows. I mean, <sighs> tr and truthfully, yeah. you know the part that you play. So it's not just me doing mm -hmm. this. You come along. It's the community. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't do this alone. Right. I just happen to be the pivot, if you will, um, that hangs out there and 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 says what I do, yeah, and 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 does what I say. Articulates, clarifies, paints pictures. This is a good time to actually talk about this. Um, donate to, to Pro Parkinson's Resource Organization, and especially today, especially now, because uh. right, you're talking about how I'm doing my part in helping, but it's really about you all that really are the ones that kind of fuel and fund this organization. Well, and so, you know, with COVID-19 coming in, donations, and in the beginning, I thought it was really terrific because we were really being helped a lot, but they've like just dried up and, and I don't know what we have to, I do know what we have to do. We just have to keep pumping and, and pedaling. 
But I, I ask all of you who are listening that if you have Parkinson's, don't have Parkinson's, if you really believe in a cause, and if you can help us help thousands and thousands of people, please do. Please donate. You can do it on our website. You can do it in the mail. There are just a lot of ways. Um, we're reaching out to the world right now. And so um, when you look at, at goodness, so, you know, people want to know how did COVID-19 affect you? Well, how it affected the charity is really terrific because it took us to a completely different level. Mm -hmm. We pivoted very rapidly. And thanks to my staff members we is how we were able to do it. You know, I, it might have been my vision, but we turned it quickly from physical to virtual. Yeah. And we are now helping people around the world with our support groups. We have virtual support groups <sighs> too many almost because we are we're just running with them but we have we've got people from Maine and from the United Kingdom and from um, Canada and from every state in the Union come to the support groups because they're virtual and because they're available mm -hmm. and the gratitude that we get mm -hmm. but we need the money to do that so um, I, I just ask what's the website so the website is Parkinson's with an S resource without an S dot org and, and we're um, going to pop that up for you on okay. this page and then we right and so what we did to also so the next thing was how do we get information to our constituents faster and, and, and we need this they need to know things right now mm -hmm. so we started a series called things to know right now there's zoom videos we video okay. a professional at a time and uh, they're like 15 to 20 minute videos of things to know right now in everything that can bring about quality of life or getting through the journey. Now, I say with Parkinson's because that's the area that we're in, but this is really about life. So when we address these professionals, the questions that I ask them and the answers that they give could be applied to any mm -hmm. part of life, to any part of health. So everybody can and benefit from Everybody this. can benefit. Mm -hmm. But it just so happens that because we're targeted to Parkinson's that that's where we're, we're headed. But that's our YouTube channel. Okay. And so... That's um, on YouTube. Let's repeat that. Things to know right now. And we'll include that towards the end of the show. Go okay. On. And and there's a separate URL. Or you can get to the YouTube channel on, through the website. Because yeah, we'll there's plug a, all there's that a button everybody. on there. Okay. okay. So that's really what we've been doing. And we've been dripping, if you will, a, a video a week. Nice. And then we have something else that um, was a vision of mine back in time. And then COVID-19 just brought people together, uh -huh. which was really incredible. So just before I came today and why I got a little late was I was on a Zoom a Zoom interview with uh, a person who you will be able like to help us. Um, so we have something on the website called the Wellness Village. Mm. And the Wellness Village is a virtual, vetted, video-driven resource directory. So it's the resources, those uh, that are in the 15, 20-minute videos, you can actually get all of the material that you need from them, and you can contact them yourselves. Okay. If you need that profession, if you need that product, you go to the, our website, and you can get to them. Wow. And so this we're developing throughout the world now. Are people aware of this? This, this is new news to well, me. Well, it's not new to us, but, okay. it's, but we're, it, it, the visibility of it is getting greater and greater and greater. Okay. So we're working on it, and we we probably have 40 or 60 wellness villagers in the village right now. Mm -hmm. It's a subscription-based platform. 
it's where the businesses that are listening to you, if they have a service or a product that will benefit the Parkinson's world, and as long as they're licensed and they have no nicks or dings against them mm -hmm. and, and they're honest and, and have high integrity, they might consider applying to the Wellness Village to become a Wellness Villager. Our targeted market is looking for people, in, you know, a handyman who can put in bath railings and whatever else, um, occupational therapists, physical therapists. These are people that were speech therapists. Um, so we, and then the support group meetings, one of the meetings we called the village meeting. So um, we, in July and August, we typically wouldn't have a village meeting, but because of COVID, we decided we would do two separate special ones. Mm -hmm. So July 15, if, with, if this gets heard before July 15, um, we've got one then. And then August 12, I think it is, we, or, or August 19, I'm not sure, but they can find that on the website. We'll have another one where we bring in four to five professionals giving them 15 minutes specific to talk and the synergy among these professionals we tried to theme it so that it's so that it all works mm -hmm. and and it's they're they're extraordinary mm -hmm. they're just they're powerful little bits of information that people with parkinson's their caregivers or other professionals can pick up on yeah and so creating this we're creating a network of professionals that can network among themselves and send business back and forth and and they know they're vetted they know they're licensed they know i mean we we're very careful yeah. on on all of that and then we're also helping the community find out resources some of which they didn't even know existed mm -hmm. you know like right yesterday or the day before we did our 20 minute or 15 20 minute with um on cannabis okay and um so many people that are you know, 60 plus, you know, some of them think cannabis can work because they were from the hippie days, uh -huh. my days. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> others and others think that it can't work because we were brought up saying, oh, no, no, that's a drug. That's Devil's a no, no, lettuce, yeah, you can't right. do Reefer that. Madness. Yeah, yeah, so right. you can't do that. And so um, we wanted to bring, you to, to work on that subject. So it's one of those things, if you think you, think you can or you think you can't, you're right. You know, so Perception's if you reality. think it's going to, yeah, if you think yeah. it's going to work for you, it probably will. If right. you think it won't, probably won't. Right. So, um, so we did that one, um, and and I just know that how this is going to affect the psyche of someone with Parkinson's who may have had a fear of using it may now say, you know, maybe I'll try that. Mm -hmm. Maybe that will help my anxiety. Maybe that will help. I mean, today, so just knowledge, lots of knowledge. Oh, it is, it yeah. is. And so today, with COVID nineteen and a fragile community that's been in the house for three months, three and a half months, whatever it is, yeah. they're going crazy. Totally, they are depressed. So talking about mental health, yeah. So we bring in coaches, life coaches, to talk to them and things to look forward to. We have two magnificent life coaches right now in the village. And they all, both have different perspectives, but they both help each person that wants to learn from them how to focus on going forward. Mm -hmm. This isn't about staying where we are today. This isn't about being in the maze of what we are today. This is about going forward and looking for a life that has value, that has benefit. And more than that, a legacy you know it when we leave when we leave we need something to leave behind I talk about this all the time what is that legacy and do and and for all the people that are angry and negative and you know flip flip the script what do you want your legacy to be not that no I want I don't have kids so I can't say I want my kids to know or my grandkids to know yeah but I want the world to know that there's positiveness, there is, and, and she did something. 
you know that that woman did something. Mm-hmm. She she. Oh had, yeah. You know. Oh, your your legacy has has been building for for several years. You've already just just what you've offered the world uh, prior to um, Parkinson's Resource Organization. Um, that legacy has already been built. But this, yeah, you're going to get a nice crown when you get up there, sweetheart. Well, There's I am. No doubt I'm, about it. I'm planning on going up there. So yeah. Oh, you're going up there, but not anytime <laughs> soon. We got not anytime soon, honey. We yeah. got much more time uh, here on Earth. So things to know right now is getting back to the YouTube show. We want to encourage people on August 19th again. You're, they can tune into a live. It's a live Zoom, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now tell me this: as far as the YouTube show, we want to also encourage people to watch these past shows. Oh yes. All oh right. yes. All right. So again, we'll pop up that information for you. I'm going to um, wow, cannabis. I would never imagine that word coming out of your mouth. <laughs> oh, but you see, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's not only medicinal, mm-hmm. but it is a nutritional supplement. Mm-hmm. And the time where I really got to know or understand that mm-hmm. was when I had my own colon cancer. Oh, and, wow. and my nutritionist said um, she would like to see me add to my my the things my consumption of 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 medicinal or or um, alternatives or whatever to my food supply, if mm-hmm. you will. She wanted me to add um, medical. Well, she didn't call it medical marijuana. She said, "I'd like you to try Rick Simpson oil." Rick Simpson oil happens to be an, a, a, a cannabis paste, if you will, or oil Mm -hmm. that was created specifically for cancer patients by a man who did it for his wife and, and he, um, gave it, gave it free to anybody who wanted it. And then Mm -hmm. went before he passed away, he put it on his website to stay there ad infinitum, the recipe on how he created Rick Simpson oil. So that was one of the things that I took that helped my anxieties and my so. Were so you my, hesitant when you before trying it? Or not at all. Got it. Because um, I knew that I was going to go through colon cancer without chemotherapy, without Oof. radiation. I was uh, I, I couldn't go that route, and so for me it was how do I heal from within, and how do I heal myself? So you beat cancer without chemo or radiation or any of that? Yes. Whoa. No, it's it's well, it's a whoa, but it's it's about. Um, it's about tenacity. It's about willpower. It's about um, not standing in your own way. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, being accountable for yourself. Um, I, I know I keep using that word. And but it, I, I've got it, it here because we're talking about yeah. that. In a minute. Um, so it's about. It's really <laughs> about taking care of yourself and how do you do that to the best of your ability? Mm-hmm. It's through knowledge. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And so. But um, wanting to put yourself first, wanting to take the time to to, to do the work on you. I'm sorry, say that again? Just, again, kind of wanting to, having to want to put yourself first. Absolutely. Doing a little bit of work. Yes, yes. Um, so I surrounded myself by with very positive people. Mm-hmm. Um, I took to the hospital with me an advocate. I told her what I wanted or needed, and, and so I gave her my power of attorney for health care so wow. that she... So that if I was under, because I had surgery, but if I um, if if I didn't know who or what I was doing, that she would make those decisions for me. Mm-hmm. So she followed with me all the way through this thing. And about the fourth oncologist that we had to meet, because um, the doctor, one doctor, said you have to have chemo, and I said I'm not doing that. I'm just not doing that. And they said, and at the end of all of this, she finally said, well, she said, Joe, you know, maybe you should listen. Maybe you should do chemo. I said, no, just not going there. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to do my nutrition. I'm going to do my meditation. I'm going to keep my spirituality. I'm going to do my exercises. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reduce my stress. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm going to stay off the road because I used to do 500 miles a week traveling wow. in, in the car. And I'm, I'm going to stop the sedentary and I'm going to, I, I'm going to be well. Yeah, and make this my new job to tackle this. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so what that also did for me, which is another miracle, if you will, was it gave me something to say to people who were saying, oh, I can't do this. You know, I I don't know. And and then I, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. Mine isn't Parkinson's. Mine was cancer. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you put your mind to doing these things, you can do any of that. You can do all of that. And, and what's important is that you create that mindset and then do it. And, and we're not, I'm not there to, you know, I'll help in every way I can. And if you need a, a phone call a week, you tell me and I'll, I'll mm-hmm. put that on my calendar and mm-hmm. I'll get you a phone call a week mm-hmm. to just, just your support, your add a girl or your add a boy stuff. If yeah. you need that, you call me and I'll give you that. Yeah. But I need you to go forward. Mm-hmm. And they do. I have a, a weird question <clears throat> and I don't want to offend anybody, especially you, but was it a blessing in disguise? Like, cause you learned so much about yourself and you had to do so much self exploration while dealing with cancer and beating cancer. Was it a blessing in disguise? Like did that thrust you into another uh, plane of self evolution? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's interesting. I'm grateful that you asked that question because um, certainly what it brought about was gratitude and, Mm -hmm. you know, gratitude is something that we should live with every day. Yeah. But yes, it gave me not only a new resolve, but it gave me an opportunity to teach. And I think that's what I do most of my day is teach. I teach people, others, how to help themselves. And I'm, I'm, putting, the, I'm putting the plan in front of them in, in, in an essence. But um, yes, I think we're all given these things for a reason. Mm-hmm. I think today is happening for a reason, but I, I think that was happening to me back then for a reason, yeah. and that I'm, I am who I am today and I'm doing what I am doing today differently and maybe more diligently mm-hmm. than I might have five years ago. And with um, more purpose than five years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, gives you a little bit of um, self-reflection, a lot of self-reflection. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, all we have is ourselves. Right? You know what? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to be always prioritizing. Well, I have you. You do. Have, you will always have me, <laughs> especially after saving my butt being here today, girl. Um, let's talk about accountability. This is uh, you. You. You've, we talked about this word last night. You've mentioned it several times today. What is that? The importance of that word, and what does it mean to you? Well, it has to do with integrity, and it has to do with honesty, and it has to do with a lifestyle. Um, a purposeful lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But when I say integrity and honesty, um, I don't think you can have high at- integrity if you're not accountable to yourself or to anyone else. Um, I think honesty is about being accountable too for mm-hmm. what you say, what you do. Mm-hmm. And I think, for instance, when you get up and go to work, you need to be accountable to the job. You need to be accountable to those who are depending on you. In our case, in the charity, there are thousands of people that depend on us. But if you were an employee in my office, you have to be accountable to me, to the other staff, to the volunteers, because we need to, we need to all get along. Mm-hmm. And we can do that when we're honest, when we have high integrity, mm-hmm. and when we're not working under 
a different perception. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful that I have what I have within me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so grateful that I have the job that I created. But as I said to you, I've created all my jobs. <laughs> Boys, I, you Note know, to self, you got I, create your own reality. I once worked for Manifest people. Manifest your destiny. And yeah, so I, there, I was 26, 27 when I started my own business because mm-hmm. um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I, I needed to be um, in charge of my own destiny. Yeah. And it just seemed that others could fire me or they could tell me what to do and if I liked it or didn't like it. So I started my own business. Another place where I worked for the, the downtrodden, meaning I had a financial management business, and all of my people that I helped were people who had gotten themselves in financial ruin. Ruin. Right. And, and, I, and I pulled them out, turned them around, and, and, and got them going again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like the underdog thing. And so I guess that's part of my DNA, just help, help others. And, yeah. and, and, and there I made money, and I made really good money, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. but you're also a producer. You're the creative side of you, you're, such as uh, Parkinson's Resource Organization. It's like you make things, you create. You know, I love doing that as well. I mean, we're not going to talk about me and my list of things, but, you know, taking things and saying, okay, let's all sit around and brainstorm and create some synergy and make something new, you know? Be visionaries. I mean, yeah. that, that, I guess that's what I am is, is probably a visionary. Yeah, I like that. Let me, um, let me ask you this. So is there anything else you'd like to add to the conversation before we get to some solutions? Because usually when we close the conversation, we offer some people some tangible solutions as to how they can uh, just do the work on themselves, right? May it be underlying prejudice, racial bias, or just, you know, wanting to, as you said, uh, have more accountability and build high integrity. Any, any solutions you might have for some people uh, that are listening yeah, or own, watching? Uh, yeah, own, own, your, own yourself, own your stuff, you know? Um, don't blame somebody else. You know the things that are going on in the in the in the news areas today. Um, you know, one person is blaming another person, and you know, and it's a conspiracy, and it's a this and it's a that. You know what? Own your own stuff, and don't even go there. Um, it is what it is. It's a pandemic. We've had them before, um, not to this extent. Um, this is hard. This is very hard. But look at what the intention might be. However, it got started. Was it to really ruin us? Or are we strong enough to combat it and to, uh, and to hold on to our lives and, and make the lives around us even a better place? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what Let's make this a better place. You're here. You might as well. I work at that every day to make it a better place. Yeah. Um, not just for me, but for everybody else that's around me because mm-hmm. they need that kind of support, that kind of help. And mm-hmm. again, for those who don't have a voice or don't know how to use their voice, let us be them. Let us work on their behalf. Let us do what we need to do to be the United States of America, to be, um, to, to be in God's world, and to be the people that we were intended to be. And those are kind, honest, high integrity, loving, caring, generous people who give of themselves, who are always on purpose every day of their lives. Amen. Walk in my shoes. Purpose. Walk in my shoes. Um, Look at the intention. Be visionaries. High integrity. I learned a lot from you today. Some jam-packed stuff here. I appreciate you. I really do. I'm glad you're here. Not too many people make me cry, Brian. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> love you <laughs> love you too 
<laughs> wasn't my intention. But my intention was to get your voice because you have a very uh, interesting, unique story. And you have this... Um, bubble of love around you your aura is very much there and so it's i'm just really thankful that you were here to kind of share your story and speak about love to tell about you know it's yeah it's what it's what we need mm -hmm. it's what we we don't even have to work at it really i mean it's if we work to get it yeah but you know it is it, it doesn't cost us mm-hmm to love and it feels so good it does it feels it so good does. and the uh, more you get addicted to it yeah so those of you that don't know it's actually know free it, it's actually free <laughs> it's free some do pay for it but that's not really yeah. love <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> no we're not talking sex we're yeah. talking love right right yeah yeah different story and again boy does it feel good when you start getting love and you start understanding it and you get that cipher going and then you start to realize the power you have with love and how far you can make it shoot you yeah. know that was probably the wrong anyway you know what i mean how far your rays of love can extend yes. boy it's addicting yes all right Appreciate you. you. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you all for listening and tuning in to do your part. As always, we appreciate you. We love you. Love on each other. And we will uh, talk soon. I am absolutely confident that you continue to do your part. Thank you for listening to another episode of Do Your Part. I work at staying awake. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. Stay connected with Brian Gallo through social media at Do Your Part Podcast or visit doyourpartpodcast.com.